I'm Paul Sullivan, your host on the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, sublime, strange, and silly aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men often feel they have to hide or at least not talk about their parenting role. I know this from firsthand experience as a lead dad to my three girls, three dogs, three cats, and somewhat remarkably, three fish who are still alive. I did this all while managing my career and striving to be an above average husband. One thing I know for sure about being a lead dad is it's not a normal role. You're not doing what dads have traditionally done, going to work and leaving the parenting to mom or someone else. Nor are you always welcome into the world where moms are the primary caregivers. But here at the Company of Dads, our goal is to shake all that off and focus on what really matters, family, friendship, finance, and fun. Today, my guest is Tino Ritchie. I met Tino nearly 49 years ago in a drafty church in Western Massachusetts, where we're both dressed in flowy silk robes and about to get doused with water. We managed to avoid each other for a few years after that, but by age 10, we were hanging out at camp and playing golf. We went to high school together, visited each other in college, slept on each other's couches after school, helped each other move stuff into and around our first homes, went to each other's weddings, and were then there when our first children arrived. After all that, the rat bastard moved to outside of Fort Worth, Texas a few years ago and left me in the New York City area. Welcome, Tino, to the Company of Dads podcast. Thank you, bud. Did I leave anything out in the intro? No, I think you got it all. I mean, <laughs> you covered it all. We've known each other for far too long. And if any, if either one of us ever decides to run for any kind of office, we're definitely going to have to grease the other one because we know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> That's for a different podcast, you know. We're going to talk about dads and dadding and kids. Um, you've been a dad longer than me. Uh, your oldest is 15. My oldest is 12. Um, what's, it, what's it been like when you think about, you know, you're living in Western Massachusetts when, when Christian was born. Now mm -hmm. you're, you're outside of, you know, Fort Worth. When you think of, you know, that kind of dad role, how's it evolved for you over, over the 15 years? It's actually been a pretty dramatic evolution. Um, you know, when my son was born, um, you know, I was in a pretty demanding job. I was scheduled 55 hours a week with an hour commute. So, you know, that puts me in the 65 hours gone from home a week range. Plus, you know, something pops up, you end up staying late, whatever. I, I was gone on average somewhere between 70 and 75 hours a week when my son was first born. There were multiple days where, you know, I would go without having ever laid eyes on him other than when he was asleep, because I would leave when he was asleep and I would come home when he was asleep. Um, and it was, it was, it was hard. You know, it, it took a toll on me just because I felt like I was missing everything. Um, so the wife and I, we kind of got together and um, decided that something needed to change. And so I kind of took a step back from what I was doing work-wise and we kind of, her and I kind of sort of ham and egged our schedules where, you know, as a kid, she grew up, all she ever wanted to do was be a nurse. So when she had that opportunity that came up for her to be a nurse, I was like, go, that's your dream. Have at it. My dream certainly was not to, you know, be retail for the rest of my life. So I'm willing to compromise what I'm doing because it's not what I had dreamed of doing. Um, she dreamed of being a nurse, go at it. And, you know, I was fortunate enough that the company I worked for at the time was willing to work with me to schedule around her schedule. So 
I could be there when she wasn't and she could be there when I wasn't. And it, it worked out all right. But if I remember correctly, sort of early days, Tino, uh, Tiff was was in nursing school, right? And so then you were she balancing was. even more. She was a, a full time student. You were we, we can you know if it's okay we say where you work. You know it's a great company. You, you work for the Home Depot. You know I, you work for them a long time. They've always been good to you. Um, but you really had to balance then because you know your son was little, pretty little at the time. You know yeah, we, we we all know in, in America that there isn't you know cheap, uh, uh, you know, affordable, uh, daycare for everyone. Yeah. It was a real sort of balancing act. So talk about how, you, you know, in those early days, you, you know, you obviously you have a daughter, you got two kids. Um, but the early days of just you and Tiff and your son, how you had to, you know, ham and egg it. So, you know, you could work cause you need somebody needed to work, but she could right. be a student. How did that work? Um, honestly, a lot of it was relying heavily on family members mm-hmm. to say, Hey, we've got this day here where we just can't make it work for whatever reason, you know, her class schedule, my work schedule. We just, we can't make it work. We've got a block of four hours that we just can't be there. Um, you know, and you know, at the time, uh, her, her mother, my mother-in-law was a tremendous help in that aspect where, you know, she would take Christian for four or five hours, six, seven hours, however long it needed to be. Um, and so that that was the big thing was just like I said, relying heavily on family members to kind of fill the voids. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then once she finished, when she finished nursing school, how old was your son at that point? God, he was maybe one or two, um, probably one, because you know she was she was pregnant in nursing school. Um, oh no, actually he would have been a little bit older. He would have been closer to four because once she graduated from nursing school, then we ended up having Olivia. Right. Um, I, I asked that because I'm thinking, you know, as, as I know, as anybody who, who sort of has a nurse in his or her life knows is that when you get your first job as a nurse, they give you the, the most awful shifts you could possibly imagine. You don't sort of walk in and be like, Hey, you just graduated from nursing school. Yeah. Well, actually her first job was at a nursing home. Right. So she she was working, she was working basically Monday through Friday, like seven to four. Um, And when she got that first job, I was able to, again, I I can't say enough good things about the folks at, at Depot. I mean, they've treated me better than I could have ever asked for. Um, So she gets this first job out of nursing school, seven to four. And I'm like, okay, um, that's, going to be tough with my schedule. So I went to my store manager and I said, Hey, this is what's dealing what's, what's going on. And I was able to maneuver my schedule where she would work seven to four and I would work from, uh, six o'clock at night. I'd go in right after dinner till three in the morning. And then at three in the morning, I would come home, try and sleep for a couple hours and then get up with everybody because Christian had to go to school. She had to go to work and inevitably Olivia would wake up. Um, and then it was, you know, Hey, it's dad time, you know, feed her, play with her, keep her interested, you know, and just hope that at some point she was going to be ready for nap time because daddy needed nap time. (laughs) And that we did that for a little over a year. And, um, I don't remember much from those days. (laughs) Sleep deprivation was, um, (laughs) something that, you know, washed away a lot of the memories, but (laughs) You know, you've heard me say this before. I always say like, you know, when you become a dad, when you become a parent, you have to adopt the motto that sleep is for sissies. It's just, no, uh, you just, it's all yeah. over. 
Yeah, no, yeah, you know, um, what there's, uh, I think it was from uh, Roadhouse when Sam Elliott says, you know, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. <laughs> you know, and that's that's just how it is once you become a parent. It's like sleep is the that's about as low on the option list as there can be. It's like, oh, all right, we'll deal with that. You know. When you were, you know, we grew up, you and I grew up together in Massachusetts. And so when the kids were first born, you, you were living there and, you know, we would see, see each other, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when we saw each other and, you know, all the other knuckleheads we went to high school with, you know, we get together. Um, because I, I, I'm starting this question off this way because I found like one of the more difficult parts about being a lead dad is to find, you know, friends, is to find other guys who are in a similar situation to you. So, you know, when you're in Western Massachusetts, you just had, you know, I was a lead dad, but still sort of undercover. But, you know, you had all the rest of us from high school and we'd pop in and the people you grew up with. What's it been like since the move to to Burleson, you know, outside of Fort Worth? What's it been like there? You know, I joke, you know, the loneliest person on a playground is is the dad in the playground sure, for moms. So yeah. what's, what's that move been like, you know, coming from Massachusetts and, and going to, to Texas? As uh, you, you've hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, loneliest person on the playground. Um, you know, today, prime example. So I'm off today, obviously, doing this with you. But if I wasn't doing this with you, I would be in my house by myself doing some laundry, uh, you know, maybe depending on the weather, sometime in the next hour or so I might sneak off and play 18 holes of golf by myself because I don't know anybody else in this situation. You know, um, most of the friend friends that I've met, you know, fathers of friends of my children, they're, they're nine to fivers, you know, or what used to be considered nine to fivers, but they work Monday through Friday. They have their weekends. I don't have that. I have Monday, Tuesday is my weekend. So, um, you know, and, and like you said too, is you know you go to these these functions as the as the dad with your children, and there may be one or two other dads in the entire room of whatever the function may be. It's all moms because, <clears throat> as you and and Professor Shockley were talking about this on the last podcast, there's still that sort of design that moms do all of this stuff. You know, dad goes to work and does that, and mom takes care of the kids, and that's just how it's going to be because that's the way it's always been. But for you and I, it's a little different because we go to work and we take care of the kids or, you know, from my, from my point for a long time, I was, and, you know, I told everybody this, I was a part-time employee, full-time dad. You know, I was Mr. Mom and I was okay with that. I loved it. Um, you know, a lot of that comes from, you know, growing up, my father was work, 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 work. And I'll get to the family when I get to the family. You know, he wasn't at all my baseball games as a kid and he wasn't at any games as a kid because he was always working. Um, so, you know, early on when I became a dad, I said, you know, that's not going to be me. I'm going to be involved in as much as I possibly can be involved in. Um, and that early experience with my son with not being able to be involved in stuff, just it really got to me. It hit home. It just it hurt me that I couldn't be there. So I changed it. And I was happy to change it because honestly, it's, I get more out of seeing them doing their stuff, whatever it may be, um, than, you know, putting my nose to the grindstone for 80 hours a week. Because like I said, you know, my dream was not to become, you know, the greatest flooring associate in the history of Home Depot. Hey, I like what I do. I love my job most days. Some days aren't so great, but that's true for any job, right? Um, But 
you know, my kids and my family are definitely where my priorities lie. And, you know, if, if, if it came to one or the other kids and family are going to win out every time. And I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever tried to hide that from anybody, including Home Depot. I've made it pretty clear that, you know, family comes first for me. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we grew up, uh, you know, always cracking jokes and, and I often wonder if that's kind of an armor that lets us be, you know, lead dads. Cause I mean, quite frankly, we don't give a shit. Like if we went into a room and it's all moms and nobody's talking to us, well, we're there for our kids. And if somebody yeah. talks to us, great. Um, but I, 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 were, I don't know if every lead dad is, is like that. I mean, when you think of the times that you've been able to, to break through uh, in that group and just be a parent, not be, you know, a dad amongst moms, not to be, just be a parent and, and to be there for good reason. Like, you want to make a play date for your son. You want to make a play date for your daughter. You want to, you know, your daughter's a big softball player now. You, you've got to be able to coordinate the, the different games. What, what's been the key for you to, you know, have those, you know, breakthrough moments where, you know, the moms just accept you as, a, as, a, as another parent, just like they are? I think it just comes from the fact that, that being there over and over again, the moms start to recognize that, okay, he's, he's taking the role. He's taking the lead on this, you know. He's the one that we're going to deal with because he's the one setting up the play dates. He's the one going to the open houses. He's the one, you know, whatever, um, you know, and I, and I think that's where it kind of, you know, it really is more of acceptance from the other side where, you know, the moms just kind of go, Oh, okay. That's why he's on the playground. You know, not like, you know, well, what's this guy doing over there on the playground? You know, it's, they finally realized that, this is what I do. You know, I'm, I'm taking my kids around and we're going to the playground and we're making play dates. And, but you know, I'm the guy. And for the most part, there's been, honestly, there's been many um, of my kids, friends, moms that have just, you know, they text me, you know, when, Hey, is Olivia free to sleep over this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. What time do you want me to drop her off? <laughs> yeah. That, that's when I know like I've, that's success to me when they text me because as yeah. you, you know, you know, my wife, I mean, she just doesn't have a flexible schedule. She, she's working sure. a lot. And, you know, I have this running joke with our dentist who I'll make the appointment and then the dentist will call her to confirm it. And of course, she, you know, she's on another call. She doesn't know. And then we don't show up at the appointment. They're like, that's $75. I'm like, I'm not paying you $75. I didn't miss the appointment. You called the wrong person. I mean, it's like this, this ongoing, you know, frustration. Um, any hacks to, to, to be first on the list? for the uh, the school to call you or the doctor's office to call you and, and not TIFF? Any luck? Um, no, because honestly, with the way things are set up for us now, it's really become much more balanced than it has been in the past. Um, it's really become more of a co-parenting. Um, so, and, and I actually prefer her to be the one to make the appointments and kind of coordinate all that stuff, whether she's going to be able to take them or not. She's much more organized than I am. Um, so, and then she will then forward me the inf the pertinent information because you know me, if you give me too much, I'm going to get lost. You know, I just, where are we going? When are we going? Who's going? That's what I need to know. I don't need to know all the other stuff. Just tell me where I need to be. Who need, who do I need to take? What time do I have to be there? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Because you know, I talk about the company of dads, and that you know, being a lead dad doesn't mean that you're doing a hundred percent of the parenting. Uh, and, it, no, you can't, not at all. Yes. You can't. But it means that you're taking on a bigger role than dads have traditionally taken on. You talk about your dad, you know, my dad, and it just wasn't like on their radar to be home and and to do these things. Um, but 
I sometimes find like, you know, when I'll explain, you know, since starting the company of Daz, I'll explain to, you know, one of my golf buddies what I'm doing. And some of them get it intuitively. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds fun. I could see where, you know, lead dads would need a community. And others look at me like I just bought uh, an elephant and painted it purple and I've parked it uh, in my driveway. Like, and why exactly would you want a purple elephant? It's like, I don't want a purple elephant. I want to start a community for lead dads. When you think about, you know, you, you talked about some of the dads of, of your kids' friends who are more the, you know, classic nine to fivers. Did they have any sense of you taking more of this lead parent role? Or is that something you just kind of, like I did for years, just kind of like, you know, kept kept quiet? Um, I, You know, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think the subject ever really came up. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, oh, hey, by the way, I do this, that, you know, it's just, this is so-and-so's dad. And, you know, and quite honestly, we're in kind of a unique situation where on my son's side, his, he's got really three besties that he does everything with. Um, two of them have parents that are separated. So then it kind of becomes a, okay, who's got so-and-so this weekend? Cause I need to communicate with them in order to hook everybody up to have a sleepover or, you know, go to the arcade or whatever it may be. Um, so in that sense, I don't think it ever really came up because the, the dads are by virtue of the fact that they're on their own are essentially lead dads when they have sure. a child with them. Um, the other, the other folks, um, you know, it, there's, there's certainly some ball breaking that goes on with, you know, some of the dads because, Oh, Mr. Mom, like, you know, like I'm sitting around the table playing coupon poker with the girls on Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, you know, drinking red wine. And yeah. so there, there's certainly there's that, because again, there's that, that stereotype that goes with it, that this, all the stuff that, that we do is mom stuff, you know, that, that goes back to, you know, the earlier sort of everybody's locked into their role and this is, we do mom stuff. Well, no, I do parent stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I do what needs to be done to get whatever we have to do. You know, the, the kids need to go to the doctor. They need to go to the dentist. Well, that's my role because we make appointments on a day that I'm off and I take them to the dentist and then we go to school and then that's it. But it's not mom stuff. It's parent stuff. That's exactly it. You know, this is what I'm, I'm hoping to do is that what we do is, is, is normal. It's not like anybody needs a, a medal or a, an award. It's just, you know, look, TIF schedule is, I mean, your schedule is pretty fixed now, but I mean, you know, you, you work at a hospital. I mean, your wife was working in an emergency room through COVID, uh, which is stressful as hell. Uh, and, you know, you're trying to maintain your job, but you, you got the kids at home as every kid in America was suddenly home, even though, oh, wait, some parents have to work outside the house. What are we going to do here? I mean, that was a real, you know, awakening and a real balancing act, but also for like, I don't know, I have a, you know, to sort of normalize, like, why couldn't you be the one, you know, in charge when your wife is literally at a hospital trying to keep people alive? Yeah, absolutely. Why, exactly. Why couldn't I be? Why, why, why can't you? Yeah. And it, it, you know, it, the one thing I kept thinking to myself, especially like when I was watching your earlier pod is I'm confused as to why this is a thing. Like, why is it that more dads aren't jumping in and saying, I'm here. What do we need to do? Cause to me, it just, it, it's just a natural thing. It just makes sense. It's, it's what you do as a parent, right? You take care of your kids. 
and so I don't know, but yeah, I, you know, when that, when the whole pandemic first hit COVID and everything started shutting down, um, we actually were in a unique situation because obviously she's an essential employee being an, an ER nurse. Um, and somehow for some reason it was designated that Home Depot associates were an essential employee. I mean, I got a letter from the governor of Texas to keep in my car in case it ever got to the point where they like shut everything down, that I was okay to be out and about because I was an essential employee. So that meant there was no, you need to stay home now. I was still going to work every day. Right. Um, but again, like I said, we, we made it work. There was days where, you know, it was, you know, she was up and Tiff was up and gone to work. Uh, you know, I got up, got the kids situated at the table, you know, live on one end, Christian on the other end, computers open. All right. You guys ready for school? You were ready for school. All right. I'm going to work. If you need me, anything goes wrong, you know, I'm a text or a phone call away. Um, you know, there's turkey in the fridge, make yourself a sandwich at lunchtime and I'll see you later. You know, and fortunately they, at that point, they were old enough where, you know, Christian being 13, 14, um, Olivia being a little bit younger, but, um, she's very mature for her age, (laughs) um, you know, and they were able to kind of help each other and work it through that way. And, you know, it worked again, company Home Depot, you know, when this whole thing started, they said, you know what, we're giving everybody two weeks sick time. Just here's two weeks worth, 80 hours worth of sick time. Use it however you need to, just to get through this. Hmm. And honestly, without that, I don't think we would have been able to make it through because I used a lot of that to say, Hey, I need to take today off because we just can't make it work at home and somebody needs to be there. This has been great, Tino. Thank you. As we kind of wrap it up here, but when you think about, you know, going forward, I mean, the pandemic has been a break. I mean, a break, not a break as in relaxation, but a break as in a, a schism between, you know, what the world was in 2019. And now we don't know what the world is going to be, but it's obviously different. When you think about, you know, what you could say to, you know, the moms and dads out there, you know, in our role as, you know, a lead dad and what we're trying to do and how this should just be considered a normal role. What, what are some of those things that you might say to those moms and dads who don't quite understand, you know, what a lead dad is? The first thing I would say to the lead dads is don't hide, you know, don't, don't try and downplay it. And, you know, when you get with your buddies, oh, you need to be honest, come on, say, yeah, I'm a lead dad or, you know, I'm Mr. You know, I'm Mr. Mom. Break the ice with the joke because eventually that's what it's going to turn to. And your buddies are going to bust your chops and you just got to deal with it. But it's honestly, it's for me, it's the greatest thing I could have ever done in my life is be as involved as I possibly can be with my kids. Um, Whether it's taking them to appointments, taking them to play dates, taking them to activities. Um, So be out front, be open about it. Don't hide it. It's you should be proud of what you're doing because it's a great thing you're doing. Um, you know, and as far as the moms go, we're not the creepy guy at the playground. We're there because we're with our kids. Come over and say, hi, we're good people. I swear. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, Tino Ritchie. Thank you for joining me on the company of dads podcast. Anytime brother, anything you need. 